Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Cody, the Arizona Wine Monk. I'm here with my good longtime friend from the internet, which we all know in this modern day and age is the best friends of all, dating back from Cave Tumblr, um, which is our new official name for it. Uh, I'm here with comedian or comedian, if we want to be French and use a feminine declension, uh, Vicky Eisenstein <laughs> from Hi. all the way Hi. in the shiny suburban metropolis of Chicago, which is not a suburb, but... Well, but I am in the suburban environs of Chicago, so it counts. Yay! Shiny suburban. Yay! (laughs) So tonight, we are doing a very special podcast. Um, The issue we will be addressing is... Actually, we're not going to be addressing any issue other than good wine. The wine that we are drinking tonight is the Passion Cellars Barbera, uh, for those who have been following me for a long time. They know that uh, I work at Passion Cellars. Um, full disclosure, my boss gave me this bottle free when he found out that I was doing it for a podcast. He was like, Cody, just if you ever want to do a podcast, just take it out of the system and leave a note. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So he supports you in doing this a he, lot. He does. Uh, he, he's been very supportive of my crazy ideas from the very beginning and uh, sometimes they'll actually ask me for crazy ideas for things, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, we just did an interview for Vicky's um, sort of podcasty thing, Mobobber, do Hickey video thing. So it's a video podcast. So if you've never seen me and want to know what I look like, um, I think you'll be able to find out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, there is there is an audio portion I upload as audio through SoundCloud, so you can find that on iTunes, and it's also on YouTube. I put up an edited version of the video, so it's like kind of like you know parsed down to what the attention deficit disorder YouTube crowd will handle. Um, Which is not much <laughs> so, because uh, the yeah. other news is actually my podcast is also on SoundCloud, but you already knew that. Um, I have no. I tried to arrange it to have it go up to iTunes, but I have no idea if it's actually up there or not, and I have no idea to find out because I am not an Apple guy. I I prefer robots. You can just search it. <laughs> That'd be too much effort. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll let you remain as you are. <laughs> I like living in ignorance. It's what I do. Not really. So anyway, especially with that accent. <laughs> Run faster, I hear banjos. <laughs> That's a good motto for living. Yes, it is. <laughs> Unless you're going to a bluegrass concert, in which case you'd be running towards the banjos, I suppose. Well, either way, oh. you're still running. This is true. You would be running faster because you do hear banjos. You're just running towards them rather than away. I didn't think I, that. That's, yeah. So anyway, um, getting vaguely back to the wine. Um, Yay! <laughs> Vicky said when I asked her, "Hey, why don't we do a podcast?" I said, "What do you like to drink?" And she said, "Reds." And I thought a Barbera would be particularly interesting because it's not a grape that's as widely known. Um, it's a lighter body wine that pairs beautifully with a lot of food, especially if it's remotely Italian. Um, it's also a wine that can be more or less easily paired um, with vegan foods, and since Vicky is vegan, and I'm vegan for about half of the year. Yay, orthodoxy. Um, <laughs> it seemed like a good wine to kind of touch upon that later, um, if we don't get too drunk and forget, which we probably Yeah, do. right. <laughs> and I don't have to work tomorrow, but I don't know if you do or not. <laughs> oh, me? Yeah. Uh, I'm just doing my YouTube stuff, so I'm cool. <laughs> well, in that case, well, hell, let's start drinking. Awesome. Cheers. <laughs> Blink. There. Oh, Found there we go. Now we got the clink sound. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Well, I didn't do it on yours because I was too busy, like, focusing on that, and I didn't think of noise. But Can't get it all at one time. That was like a rehearsal. It was a dress rehearsal for this. Well, we both look good. Because you're just listening to this at home, dear listener, you do not see the beautiful, like, just handsome outfit that Cody has adorned himself with here. I mean, we've got haddage going on. We've got a fun little, uh, what's your neck piece called there? It's a bolo tie, and it's actually in the shape of Arizona. Uh, because So awesome. <laughs> bolo ties are Arizona state, ne- state neckwear. So it kind of makes sense to have a bolo tie in the shape of Arizona for me. 
There you go. So, Perfect. That's, that's how I roll in the Shire. <laughs> the Shire. <laughs> Seriously, Jerome does feel very Middle Earthish. It's like mm-hmm. it's kind of like Moria if it became a tourist attraction without the Balrogs and the orcs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a little bit of Rivendell thrown in because it is very peaceful and quiet. Um, mm-hmm. There's actually a stream that runs right through town uh, called Bitter Creek, which also sounds like something like out of Lord of the Rings. He would say, like, dark are the waters of Bitter Creek and mournful are their tears. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where the orcs face the dwarves in the battle of Kalgurim Zood. Yes. Uh, something, I don't know. But that's because I love it. <laughs> but anyway, um, you said you've never heard of Barbera, right? It's, no, this was my first time. I mean, I know wasn't Barbera? Didn't he do the the elephants? Or am I thinking of Babar? Well, you're thinking of Babar, but you might also be thinking of <laughs> Hanna Barbera. Or Hannah. I've mixed the two together <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> so this is an elephant puppet wine. Um. Uh, it could be actually. Um, as longtime listeners, and maybe you know this too, I like to personify the wines I drink. So. Um, oh, so how would you personify this? I don't know, because mostly that's the question I ask the other person that's drinking it. Oh! Put oh, you on the spot! A little early. There I am! I've been but, spotted! But let's drink more hmm. to find that out later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to really have to think about that. Yeah, you've got time. You've got plenty it's of like, time. Okay. Is it okay if it's, like, aquatic life? Sure, it's your. Okay. Your, I, I could ask you which which aquatic critter is this most like when when at the end. <laughs> uh, Great, yeah, let's save that for the end. We'll figure it out. <laughs> so Barbera, for those who don't know the grape, and this includes Vicky, and we went into this a little bit on her uh, video ca- vidcast. That's what I'm going to call it, for mm. lack of a better word. Works it's for me. It's a grape that originally comes from the Piedmont in northern Italy. Um, which is the same reason as Barbera and other... Um, yes, Barbera comes from the same region as Barbera. Good Lord. <laughs> we may edit that section out. Or we may not, because... Hmm. Anyway. You know what? People like it. People like to know that you're human. Yeah, but I don't like them to know that I'm human. I want them to think that I'm a wine-drinking robot. Not really. Uh, oh, well, I'm that's like Bender, uh, except then you should be the wine robot, not the wine monk. Well, like if would... I ever get married, then probably I will change it. But that requires me to. We didn't even talk about that. A Miss Robot, and then take on her lesson. <laughs> well, it'd, hy- it'd be it would be hyphenated for <laughs> maximum entertainment. Beep boop. There you go. Perfect. Anyway, as I was saying, I'm like Bender, but classy. <laughs> He's powered by beer and malt mm-hmm. liquor. I'm powered by wine and brandy. Love it. But anyway, Barbera comes from the same region as um, Nebbiolo, which is the main grape in Barolo, which is what you pair for, uh, pair with human flesh after the apocalypse. Um, the same region as Lacrima and Dolcetto, which is the little sweet one. And for those of you who have been following me for a while, I did a Arizona Dolcetto podcast fairly recently as well. Mm, okay. Um, we compared... One of them was actually done as a communion one, which was entertaining. Oh, um, fun. <laughs> it was very, very sweet and interesting. Mm. It was like... Yeah, because uh, Dolce is sweet, right? Mm-hmm. So Dolcetto is like little sweet or yep, something like that? The little sweet one in Italian. The little sweet one. <laughs> and then for whites in the region, you have um, Arnaeus... Which apparently one of the nicknames for is the little rascal because it's difficult to grow. <laughs> and um, actually, uh, Moscato, or one of the many forms of Moscato, comes from there too. If okay. you ever find a Moscato de Asti, Asti is a region in the Piedmont. Hashtag oh, the more okay. you know. That the more you know, the more you can show off at cocktail parties. Exactly. Although, recommendation for the boys that come into the tasting room who are clearly underage. Uh, with two girls on each arm. Um, this happened. Do not ask <laughs> me for a bottle of your finest Moscato. I will immediately out you as underage because um, unless you're actually a sommelier, the, who knows where the finest Moscatos are, 
Moscato is not something to be trumpeting and trying to impress your dates with? Really? No, by and large. Um, What's the best thing to impress a date with? Um, for me, I like to impress my dates with something fancy and unique and original. Um, like a box wine? <laughs> uh, I don't usually do cardboard dough unless my goal is to get them into the bedroom. Uh, but I'm classy, so I like to save that for, if not after marriage, then after date three. <laughs> okay, all right. That's, you got to have standards. I get it. Um, the last date I went on where wine was involved, actually, um, uh, there was Arnaeus, a mm-hmm. Sauvignon Blanc from Arizona. Mm. And um, we finished off the night with a glass of, what was it? It was red. It was um, a Spanish Grenache. Oh, fancy. So <laughs> that was what I did. And uh, I, the date went okay. We went on a second date. We went on a Should have went with the box line. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> uh, but in the end, I was rejected because uh, you're really, really hot but I don't want to date you and be in a relationship with you. All I want to do is with you. And I'm just like, not really looking for something that casual right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be a good guy. Mostly uh, failing miserably, but trying. It's the effort that counts, right? Uh, a for, uh, as my dad says, A for effort, F for failure. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. So anyway, (laughs) what are you getting on the nose of your Barbera now that it's had time to open up just a little bit? Um, let's pour some more. Let's see what let's see what the fresh pour tastes like. You want some more? Or smells like? Um. Okay, you know, now that I'm like smelling it again, it is kind of like a. It, it does have a little bit of that fruity smell to it. I am starting to smell that. At first, I didn't smell that. Like, the first time I, I smelled it, I was kind of like, oh, it smells light, but I don't smell the fruit. Now that I'm, I've had it on my tongue, I guess, I'm starting to smell the fruit more. About half of any uh, wine tasting experience is olfactory, and that includes even tasting. It's because there's so mm-hmm. much. Hence why you saw me earlier doing this. Are you gargling your wine? Sort of. I'm sucking air in and basically running it across the surface of the wine in my mouth, on my palate, and that sort of aerosolizes it on your mouth. Basically, you get more flavor out of it. Please don't choke. I think I'm choking on it. (laughs) I tried to do what you were doing. (laughs) It's it's the only cool mouth thing I can do to impress a date, because I can't roll my tongue. Um, I can't touch my tongue to my tip of my nose. Um, I can't uh-huh. wiggle my ears, but god damn, I can do a really great wine whistle. <laughs> I'm sure that's what the rap songs are all talking about anyway. Probably. If not, then they should be. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, you're getting some fruit notes now. Mm-hmm. On me, I'm getting sort of a, a cherry, raspberry. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit... Well- of sort of a vanilla, and that's coming from the oak. This one was really? in a neutral oak barrel. Um, what that huh. means is you have new barrels, first year, second year, third year, and then neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, so new oak is, if you've ever had like a California Chardonnay or California Cab, they almost always use new oak. So basically that gets you the most oak impartation flavors, which come across okay. as often vanilla, um, sometimes molasses if you're using American oak. Or like bourbon mm-hmm. if you're using American oak. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, it's the same molecule that vanilla is. It's vanillin that's getting into the water, really? enhancing that bouquet. Um, uh, as you? you keep using a barrel, and a, you can reuse a barrel for forever if you take care of it properly and clean it out after every vintage properly. Um, mm-hmm. It imparts less and less of that flavor until you get essentially what's neutral oak, which is all those flavors that can be imparted into that wine. Has been. You can recuperate that by barrel later to make it like uh-huh. new, but a lot of them, you know, you put your wine in here to store it before you bottle it, that just thing. Um, gotcha. so imparted just a little bit of that. Um, I'm getting that on the nose and on the palate, along with a little bit of that petrichor that I was talking about in your uh, mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. 
So the monsoon season out here is really dramatic, and that's one of the things that makes Arizona wine so unique. Mm-hmm. Because right during harvest, essentially from my birthday, July 2nd, to about the end of September, uh, mm-hmm. that's the monsoon season. And you get these big storms that build up over the mountains and then mm-hmm. sweep down across the deserts. And just Ooh. torrential, torrential rain. And uh-huh. they smell beautiful. They're beautiful to behold, especially if you're down in Wilcox or here in Jerome, where you can just see mm-hmm. for miles and just watch them like reach up to the sky and scoot across the landscape. Like uh, mm-hmm. it's almost like watching Portuguese men of war. Those jellyfish actually just really the surface of the water and their long tentacles cool. rain dangling down across the landscape. Ah, I love the monsoon. It's my favorite season. <laughs> but when I think of monsoons, I think of that. Uh, the Indian movie, Monsoon Wedding. Oh, yeah. Um, you can get <laughs> heavy, heavy rain like that here during a monsoon. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what happens is, because you get all that rain, um, right around harvest time, it really affects the growth of the grapes. Because sometimes, if you have a very wet monsoon, some of your darker reds, like mm-hmm. Merlot and Cabernet Sauvignon, or Sangiovese even, or Grenache, too, um they end up much lighter in color because for some reason that color is not being extracted out of the skins of the grapes as Hmm. easily as it would be otherwise, possibly. But when you have a drier monsoon, it can be really, really dark. Huh. Okay, that's really cool. So anyway, yeah, it's one of the things that make us unique and very, very different from pretty much any other wine region in the world, actually. Huh. That is very, that's really fascinating because I never thought in terms of like, oh, um, I guess the wetness of a climate affecting a wine. Because I did think about like, okay, well, you know what, like the general temperatures would be, that would definitely be an issue. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's definitely something new to think about for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the beautiful things about Arizona wine. It's just forcing people to rethink wine in general. It's not the same stuff that you're getting in the supermarket. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit more unique. Um, mm-hmm. Chicago, in Chicago, the only wines you're likely going to be finding from Arizona are from uh, Caduceus Cellars, which is Maynard's place. He's from Tool, the big singer. I, mm-hmm. I can't stand his music, but his wines are pretty solid. I like, <laughs> I like quite a few of them, actually. And maybe okay. Arizona Stronghold um, would be the other one that you might see out there. Okay. Uh, neither here nor there. Yeah, not really certain. Do you want to hear something really funny? I do. So... Um, I had a performance the other day. I had an improv performance uh, at a theater that is BYOB. So uh, going there, we were like, oh, I don't know if there'll be a wine opener. Let's just get something with a twist-off cap, like make it easy. Uh, so we pick this wine. Uh, what is it? Like Santa Rita from okay. Chile. And you know what's so funny is my parents were actually down in like Patagonia. They were in Chile and oh, they were in Argentina nice. like at that time. And so um, we picked this wine and it, it was pretty good. Uh, and then I had like half a bottle left so I just brought it home and I left it on the shelf. And my mom, when she gets home from the vacation, she's looking and she's like, Vicky, did you get this? Is this yours? And I was like, yeah, you know, I, we had a performance. I got it. And she was like, we went to that winery. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> What? That's she showed awesome. me the pictures from there, and they she had brought home two souvenir glasses from the winery. Oh, nice! Yeah, it it was so crazy. And then she was like, "How much was it?" And I was like, "Oh, you know, it was like less than ten bucks." And she was like, "Oh, same price." <laughs> <laughs> that was just so funny to me. I was like, "What on earth? What are the chances of that?" That's that so is crazy. A damn good coincidence. Yeah, and I mean, it's got a local supermarket. It's not like I even went to a, like a, a fancier liquor store or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I th- I think I know that. I think I've had that wine. It was um, it was their red. It was a has a little sort of pence like pen sketch with a little sun and like houses and some guy and a donkey, right? Maybe. Or is that a different one? Oh, no. I don't remember. (laughs) The name sounds very familiar. I mean, I guess it's like the big winery down there, maybe, or something like that. Argentina is a major growing region, especially for Malbec. Um, Malbec is kind of the big grape for that. Um, But Mm -hmm. for me, when it comes to Malbec, I tend to prefer the French Malbecs and the Arizona Malbecs over Argentinian. And to me, the personification is kind of like, Drinking an Argentinian Malbec is very, very bright, explosive fruit, 
Um, but it has a very slow finish or a very quick finish. It doesn't last. So it's kind of like making out with an 18-year-old. It's all excitement <laughs> and passion, but there's no real lasting power. You're not going to be in a relationship probably the next day. Versus uh, the French and uh, Arizona mailbacks have had their very sort of... Uh, okay, it was a cab. Spirit. It's 120. Um, I don't know if you can see... Um, oh, okay. Okay, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you had that. I have not but had that, but Chilean cab is pretty tasty. Um, Carmen Yera is probably the best grape there, though. Okay. And there's actually one vineyard in Arizona growing Carmen Yera, too. And I'm planning on drinking two side by side eventually. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. So, what are you now getting on the palate? That means when the wine goes on my tongue? Yeah. What are you getting when you taste it? <laughs> I feel like I'm a failure at these these tasting tests here. There is no I, I wrong really answer. Just, there what? There is no wrong answers. It's just <laughs> what you taste. I don't know. I don't know. You don't have the words. Uh, it tastes like um, an 18th century pirate vessel. Um, it tastes as though there's a little bit of an aged wood, um, but at the same time, like, a pirate's been dancing upon it. I can feel that joy. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no idea. I don't know. <laughs> Literally, it's like the, uh, the, the board that you walk on and you jump off of. Yeah, the plank? Yes, there you go. I, didn't I, know that you I almost said planking. the timber, and I was like, how messed up are my references? <laughs> like the timber. <laughs> oh, I'm getting a lot of sort of a, a cherry. Uh, again, some sort of baking spice like a cinnamon nutmeg. The vanilla from the, the oak. Because there's actually a description on the back of the bottle um, that you can cheat off of. <laughs> oh, yeah, there is, but I rarely look at the cheat sheet. Really? Well, yeah, if I can't do it myself then what's the point then it's not really real well, so it's it describing real, here it's saying cherry and plum I can see the plum there's a little bit of a heavier fruit I was thinking yeah. more like a black not blackberry but like a, a boysenberry or a huckleberry but plum probably is a more cromulent word for it and then you've got the I soft hands wonder, did they ever throw in a plum or something is that why they nope. put that one there in the back nope. oh. all these flavors are just developing out of the grape Mm, um, it's okay. not like you're if a wine is made from you usually it'll be labeled as like a fruit wine and in case in point there's a really cool winery uh, near Pine, Arizona called Trident Winery that produces a lot of fruit wines and they're about the only place in Arizona that's doing that and they're all really quite lovely he also uh -huh. has made a wine from prickly pear fruit which is pretty Ooh, awesome that sounds really cool and then the wine of his that I got that I'm going to be reviewing eventually is made from ocotillo flowers <laughs> and that one actually reminds me a lot of a really good sake too interestingly but mm -hmm. it's neither here nor there <laughs> I love sake I do I it's, think that stuff's great it is but I don't see good sake very often here in the Verde Valley uh, oh, the okay. sake game here is only marginally worse than the dating game <laughs> <laughs> we were talking before uh, her podcast that we should at some point, like, mm -hmm. talk horrible Tinder stories. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but we never got around to it. <laughs> we didn't. I'm trying to look up right now, because there's a, there's a um, Korean alcohol called Sansa Chun, and I'm wondering what it actually is, because it's so delicious, and I absolutely adore it. But I don't know what it actually is, and so I wanted to kind of talk to you about it for a second. I think but it is rice-like sake, but I could be wrong. Um, maybe I can find it in my copy of The Drunken Botanist, which is a great book, and you should totally get it. I'll show you <laughs> here in a moment, if I can find it. Drunken Botanist. Hold on. Uh, let's switch. Go I'm going to look it up in the Korean. Wikipedia. Um, where did it go? Oh, it's made from a fruit. Wait, where did it go? It was here. This is disconcerting. Life can become very disconcerting. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. Sun. 
Sansa Chun is another commercial Korean wine made from the red fruits of the Sansa or Chinese hawthorn. Mm. I'll have to find it later. Find it's not gonna be on that shelf. Because that shelf is all fiction. Uh oh. I didn't loan it out, I don't think. Yeah. Eh, I'll have a panic attack about it later. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to send you... Hold on. I'm going to send you... That's just weird. Here's, like, a Korean site, um, but you'll see, like, the picture with the label. And then uh, here's the... The Wikipedia has, like, one sentence about it. (laughs) Really? That's it? Only one sentence? Well, under Korean alcohol, it doesn't have an actual entry in the English. Oh! uh, Hawthorne! Mm-hmm. Okay. It's so good. That is, like, my favorite alcohol that, that there be... is in life. So good. Sunset Chun. Oh, you know the, you know the Japanese? Bottle. Have you? I, I think. Uh, at so one. Good. I highly recommend it. Okay. I normally don't go through for... Well, that's not true. I go for weird alcohols all the time. Mm-hmm. I drink weird wines all of the time. Mm. And sometimes I will buy weird wine just based on, oh, I've never had this grape. I wonder what it tastes like, but... you got to live adventurously. This is true. I live adventurously with my wines, but not so much with other boozes. I need mm. to do that and expand my horizon. Maybe that should be my New Year's resolution. That's a good one. Say yes. Say yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seems like a good one. Um, I, I just read um, Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. Uh, it's her memoir, and she's the creator showrunner for, um, like, head writer or whatever, for, um, what's it, Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, and How to Get Away with Murder, all those shows. And so she uh, had this year where she decided she would say yes to things that she was afraid of, especially, because she had gotten to a point where all she did was work and take care of her kids. And she realized that, like, that was, like, her not... It wasn't that, like... You know, she'd get invitations for talk shows. She'd get invitations to go to different countries for things. And she would say no. She'd be like, no, I got kids. I got work. I got to do that. And she realized that, like, she had to stop saying that because she was missing out on life. So she decided she would have a year where she said yes to everything she was afraid of and to, like, really go for it. And, um, like, a total transformation of her person occurred. So, like, I totally recommend the book. It's so good. Hmm. I will hunt that down next time I'm at a bookstore. Awesome. I got it off Audible, which is really awesome because um, for the audiobook, they actually include clips from her speeches. So, like, her Dartmouth commencement speech, which I'm assuming in the book they just printed the copy of the transcript, you actually heard the clip of her giving it. So I thought that was super cool that they did that. Hmm. And it's narrated by her. That would be what I would do for the accidental memoir I wrote, is for if there was an audiobook version, I would actually be reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of reminds me of, of my big trip to Turkey this year. Uh huh. Um, I was, you know, I've been putting off big vacations for a long time, and I just had this opportunity to go, and so I took it. Mm-hmm. And I really, really dramatically enjoyed myself, and it's awesome. Explored Turkish wine, Turkish beer. Uh-huh. Um, the Turkish now aren't they a Muslim country? So, but they still have wine. Turkey is, but like Lebanon, it's more secular. Um, at oh, least it okay. was. Although um, Gollum, the current president of Turkey, I don't know if you saw that article or not. That they're calling in character witnesses to talk about whether Gollum was good or evil because, and some writer and press compared him to Gollum, and he was like, "Is this bad or good? I don't know." <laughs> and so yeah. I because. Because Turkey is I, I don't think it's a good thing to be compared to Gollum. Probably usually. not. But <laughs> yeah. But but the point is, uh, at least where I was for sure in Istanbul, it's a very very liberal, liberal city. Mm. And yes, the women were still often running around in headscarves, but mm-hmm. it's they're you know they're lighter headscarves. They're not like the crazy crazy things like the Taliban and probably diet yeah. would insist on. Um, mm-hmm. 
But also, it was interesting, like, whenever the call to prayer would come out, like, almost nobody, like, stopped to pray. It was just, everyone was just doing their life and doing their thing. Mm-hmm. So, it struck, again, it was struck me as a very, very liberal, big city. But one with a very different feel than, say, like, New York or Los Angeles or Chicago or, for that matter, uh, Boston, where I lived for two years of hell. Got ya. Well, that's really awesome. I think that's just great that you got out there and you got to see it. And I know you've been fascinated by that region for a while. So yeah. For, that is really cool that you got to actually see it firsthand. Back in the days when we were on Cave Tumblr together. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you actually told the listeners of this podcast what Cave Tumblr is. Uh, well, you told me in your uh, vidcast not to mention it, so... Well, no, it's fine. You can mention it. We, we, live journal. I'm not too worried about the people. I'm worried that, like, random randos will be like, let's look and see what Teenage Picky was writing when I don't even know that I still can find it. What was my... I don't even remember what I don't what even my remember. Yeah. I, but you my, know the internet. People find things. This is true. I still use mine see, yeah. for a deposition of, like, random poetry that I write. That's, like, mm. the only thing I throw on it anymore is just, like... Oh, really? I have a new poem. This is so I don't lose it when my computer gets fried again. Throw it yeah. up there. So I learned Smart. that the hard way. Which is why, while I lost all of my poetry that was in one place when my computer died, I, mm-hmm. I could, if I spent like four or five days, like go through my entire live journal and go through all of my poetry and rebuild wow. that entire collection. It's like 85... That's, that's like... Google Drive for me. I keep all the stuff that I definitely need on there. Yeah, I I need to get more addicted to Google Drive. And then Dropbox I use a lot for, like, podcasts and photos Mm -hmm. and transferring. And my phone, I think, is starting to slowly die. But So I'm transferring everything to... Someone woke up, so I want to show you. She just woke up. I have heard legends of you. (laughs) <laughs> my hamster. <laughs> there she is. Say hi. Say Hello. hi, Uncle Cody. Say hi. Yeah. Oh, you're so cute. Oh, you're so cute. Aren't you the cutest? <laughs> yeah, she just woke up, you know. That nocturnal life, man. That nocturnal life. Hashtag that nightlife. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, in terms of food pairing... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, specifically, my first thought is definitely with this wine, an Italian-style theme. Um, honestly, my first thought in general is pizza. Um, mm, I like that idea. I think that's good. Pizza in this wine would be great. Um, and, of course, pizza has that advantage where you can do a vegetarian. You could throw mm-hmm. a bunch of meat on it. Or you could mm-hmm. actually do, like, the vegan diet cheese. Mm-hmm. Um, I love diet cheese. I think it's great. I've used it a couple times in some of my recipes, and uh, I have a friend who runs a uh, vegan food blog. Uh, really? Called, it's called Oshi oh, Cooks. Oh, okay. So, highly recommend it. I've actually done a guest post there once um, with really? a garden burger recipe, or not a garden burger recipe, with a, a quinoa burger recipe, and a wine Oops. to pair with it. Ooh, no-bake peanut butter and jelly pie. This girl's amazing, and I love her, and I'm liking her page on Facebook right now. Yes, you should. Um, <laughs> this is, ooh, wait, pumpkin spice coconut milk? What? Okay, all right, you introduced me to my new favorite blog. <laughs> yep, sorry. Uh, shout Thank out. You. Hi, Janlin. I don't think you even listen to this, but... Hi, Jenlin. Goodbye, Jenlin. Hey, bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I get some recipes from her, and then um, the general rule of thumb with vegan cuisine and wine is actually not all that dissimilar um, in terms of general wine pairing rules. I mean, the difference is that uh-huh. there's no meat to pair. So mm-hmm. if you're doing lighter dishes that have a sort of high acidity or high mm-hmm. citrus component, or lots of greens, you want to go for a white. Um, if you're going for spicy, the rule is, again, same as before. You know, it's rules for Thai food. You're paying with either Malvasia Bianca or Gewürztraminer. Um, ich bin ein Gewürztraminer mit ein Floral Yeah, okay. that is Deutsch yeah. for me. 
Ja, gerne. Ja. Das ist sehr gut. Um, and then if you have heavier dishes, you know, with lots of mushrooms. Like stew. Yeah. Then you want a heavier red. If you have lighter mushrooms, like, say, the little tiny ones, and I can never remember the name of those. Porcini or something? Porcini, yeah, those. Okay. You Barbera would work well. Um, okay. But if you want, like, portobello or shiitake, then you want heavier. Mm, um, I so love let's say, mushrooms. <laughs> so, you know, let's say you, like, throw, like, a portobello mushroom giant stuffed on your grill. That's, uh-huh. gonna, that's like... The vegan equivalent of a steak. So you're going to pair that accordingly with like a Cabernet Sauvignon or a Bordeaux blend or Tanat. Um, Tempranillo will also work. But yeah, that's kind of the general rules of things. But it's interesting. What would you pair with sweet potato chips? <laughs> uh, actually, I have an answer for that, believe it or not, thanks to the lovely really? ladies at Hops and Vines down in Sonoida because on their tasting menu, they pair their wines with junk food. Yes! So they'll That's be like, what I need in my life. So they'll pour you, say, their Petit Verdot, and then say, uh-huh. here's the bowl of Flaming Hot Cheetos. Enjoy! These two are pairing together. But in the That's case amazing! Of, in case of sweet potato chips, I would go with actually with a Chardonnay. Chardonnay? Um, a Chardonnay. Or another uh-huh. uh, white, like a Viognier. Mm. Yeah, Chardonnay or Viognier would probably be my pairing. If you want to go for... Something a little darker than go for a Rhone style rose, heavy on the Grenache. Mm. Dry gotcha. rose, mark my words, is going to be in vogue next year. It's already started. <laughs> it's already started, and it's hilarious because I was looking on this website, and it's like. Rose. It's like bros drinking rose, and I'm just like. Yeah. I send this link to my friend Gary because Gary and I drink rose all of the time. In fact, case in point, the reason why we didn't end up reviewing the bottle of One Night Stand is because it was so good we drank it all in an hour <laughs> without notes other than good. And we look at each other and it's like, hey, is there any more left? We should take any notes. And he's like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you have to get in their bottle and go for it again. <laughs> yeah, I can never say no to a good One Night Stand, especially if it's a wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because the wine, I will not kick out entirely out of my bed the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm having a flashback. My brother just had me watching a, a South Park episode with, like, the uh, the political correctness uh, fraternity. Have you seen this? It's No, ridiculous. but it sounds wonderful. I love it's, South it's, Park for its satire in general. Yes. My favorite pair of episodes was were the two episodes where Cartman gets frozen to get his Wii. <laughs> ends up in the future, and it's a beautiful critique of the new atheism and how it's bupkis and horribly uh-huh. flawed. And it's just a beautiful yet hilarious yet, of course, scatological. Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, they gotta the appeal to the base. Yeah, but it's glorious. <laughs> it's just like there is some really insightful stuff in this episode. This is great. Have you seen the uh, the trilogy of episodes for Black Friday? That's um, all about Game of Thrones. It's like Game of Thrones parody using they're like kind of superimposing like the the um, the mall security people are like the wall guard and it's like and then they've got like the Japanese um, like the owners of like whatever Sony PlayStation or whatever they're going to release a Black Friday Bundaroo. Oh my god! <laughs> and then like the two there's like the um, the fighting going on between the PlayStation and the Xbox kids so they make it like it is like a Game of Thrones style war and then they've got Princess Kenny. <laughs> the braid and everything it's glorious <laughs> oh my god I need to track this down thank goodness you all their episodes are online that's wonderful yes wow my hamster is really grooming herself right now she just wants to look pretty she always wants to look pretty and she's the prettiest hamster in the house so she doesn't have to worry but she doesn't know that she is have it's you- true she's worried she, she never knows if I'll get another one have have you tried reassuring her feelings on this matter? Well, she doesn't really like listen to me or pay attention to me outside of like me holding her or like most, making love. Like most of your Tinder dates. Yes. 
So one of my favorite things that I see Vicky post regularly on her pages are entertaining pictures of messages from guys from Tinder. And just her replying underneath, no. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just entertaining to see just the cringeworthy stuff that guys will say. My favorite is the guy who simply, as his opener, sent me hot. And then I replied with pockets. (laughs) (laughs) That was fun. And then there was the super nervous guy that had the super like. That was fairly recent. I don't know what's up with these guys. Like, really? You know what? Like, if you are just normal, you stand a chance. Like, if you just behave like you would normally be and you hold a conversation as though I'm a human being, you have a chance. I swiped you. You have a chance. But most guys just, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. And I try to act, I always tend to act pretty normal. But that the problem is I worry that. Sometimes I don't stand out because I'm too normal, and then I never get replies, but eh, that's neither there. It's they, hard, and, like, honestly, Tinder a bunch is of definitely time. a women's game. The woman holds... Tinder is a feminist platform, and here is why. The woman holds all the power. I know this oh. sounds bizarre to state, but I was thinking about this the other day. Mm-hmm. Because it's the woman that holds the ultimate power with Tinder. You could swipe right on 150 women, but that doesn't matter. What matters is the one woman that swipes right for you. The biggest problem, though, with it is that it seems like it, because it's going through Facebook and then you're in, like, the contact book or something weird with it, so Facebook will suggest people from Tinder as people you may know, and then I've had guys that I'm like, ugh, unmatch, then find me on Facebook and send me that friend request and shit. And I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) I may not have that problem simply because I live in a county that probably has about as much people altogether uh, within, like, 50 miles of, like, a fourth of Chicago. So there's really (laughs) not many people here using it, and uh, there's not really many people here, period. Um, which is one of the reasons why uh, Tinder is a very poor, poor proposition in northern Arizona. <laughs> Except maybe in Flagstaff. Now, that being mm-hmm. said, I've gotten, I've had one successful string of Tinder dates. Um, she was one of only two matches that I've really ever had and talked to. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and we're Aww. friends now. Uh, we went on a couple of days and realized, yeah, this doesn't work. We don't have any, like, sort of romantic chemistry. But, God, you're fun to hang out with. Let's not uh, end this on that note. Let's just hang out. Yeah, with let's have some fun. Yeah. I'm going to open up my sweet potato chips. We'll oh, see how this pairs. yeah. <laughs> the other pairing I got was, um, or I should say match, not pairing, I got was a woman who wanted to use me to cheat on her boyfriend with for revenge. No. I was just like, nope, not going to touch that with a 20-foot pole. Well, you know, um, there are those applications where you swipe right on everyone, like guys can use. Uh, you could do that. Yeah. The problem is if I swipe right on everybody, I get all these messages from spam bots. Um, or from spots trying to sell, like, porno sites and stuff. So my, I've heard that. So my yeah. opening line is, let's play the bot game. You win by being human. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's a weird opener, but it just, if they reply right away, it was like, hey, what's up, cutie? It's just like, you're a bot. You lose. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I usually just do hi, smiley face. Sometimes I'm the first. Usually I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I, I I guess I could try that the next time I match with someone on Tinder, you know, four years from now. <laughs> and sometimes I swipe right away and then I'm like, oh, wait, um, okay. I'm like, wait, is that your kid or? <laughs> is that your kid or your niece or your? Yeah, was, and they all put in their profile, they're like, not my kid, it's my nephew or like whatever. And I'm like, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. But. So, yeah, 
What else do we need to talk about on your podcast? Let's uh, let's do your checklist. Well, um, what's officially next is, uh, do you like this wine? Are you interested in exploring more Arizona vintages from this, based on this taste? Based on this taste, I don't know. I guess I kind of like like a more fuller wine usually. Um, but like, I mean, this is good. I like it. I think paired with with a dish that's appropriate, I would like really enjoy it. Um, it is like usually if I'm just like sitting around and <laughs> make this sound like I'm just sitting around drinking wine all the time. But if I'm just sitting around and like can enjoy a glass of wine, I want something like a little more fuller. Okay. I think. Um, but uh, I do think that it's a good wine. I do. I do like it, and I think. Um, I think it'd be good with a meal. Yeah. Good. So maybe I'll send you another bottle, and then we can revisit this later. But now I know that you <laughs> like something a little bit more fuller-bodied. Yeah. Well, you're teaching me, too. Like, what? Because I don't know how to say anything that I like or that I don't like, so. <laughs> but, uh, question two is, do you have any more crazy wine questions for me? Um, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I've always just kind of like, oh, I like that. That's cool. Hopefully I remember it. Like, I've, I'm not, like, very studied, and I'm not, like, I haven't really gotten it down, and I feel like kind of a little bit of a, like, failure at, because I haven't done that. No, what really matters more than anything is if you like something, then you drink it. If you don't like it, then don't. The best way to learn what you like is to drink everything at least once. You know, there's probably yeah. lots of local restaurants or, you know, wine bars or whatever in your area, uh, it's your uh, stone stuff from Chicago. There will be, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just look for like tasting events and just, you know, pay the twenty bucks to do a tasting of like ten different wines, and then mm-hmm. from there just narrow down your palate and be like, okay, I like this wine and this wine and this wine. Okay, what can I find? You know, and then you go into you know your fancy liquor store, like whatever the equivalent of total wine is. You talk to them, Skyfish Gal, look, I like this wine and this wine and this wine. What mm-hmm. else that's new that I've never tried would do you think that I would like? Oh. You know, I feel like my life would be a lot better if you were in Chicago and you were, like, my wine guru and you took me down the path. Like, or my wine Jedi and I'd be your Padawan. <laughs> I like being wine Jedi. <laughs> I do too. I think that's a great no, but title. That's, okay, so since I'm a Jedi, it can't be a red eye, a red blade. But purple well, maybe is like too. Blue? blue would You're be, wearing blue right now, aren't you? That's true. I am. I guess it would have to be blue, or or maybe like yellow, like a good white wine for the hmm, blade. Okay. Like a pineapple yellow, like yeah. a pineapple gummy bear. Yeah. Hmm. I can see that. I like that idea. And, you know, when I go to church on Sundays, half the time I'm in robes anyway, so there we go. All right. <laughs> rock on. Hashtag. Pull out your lightsaber at church. Make sure you don't get charged with anything. Uh-huh. The, I need to send you, based on that, a picture that I found on the Internet of a bunch of Orthodox bishops, like, running, and someone mm-hmm. photoshopped, like, blue lightsabers into the hands of all of them. That's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but anyway... So that would be my recommendation, and of course, I'm only a phone call or a text message away. So it's you can true. I have texted you when I get like a line. Sometimes I send you that shot once of the line that yeah. I got right. Yeah, you did. <laughs> but you know, just be like, Cody, what is your opinion on this? And if I know anything mm-hmm. about it, or I can tell you what I can guess about it, and that sort of thing. No. Yeah, I, I guess my- I have to make it more of a study for myself, yeah. and like be like. Okay, this is something that I can look more into. Yeah. It's just that I think it's the case with anybody going into any field that they like don't know much they, about. It becomes overwhelming. Of, yeah, and also people are afraid of looking stupid. Well, yes, well, I'm always afraid. <coughs> let me rephrase. Let me rephrase that. Smart people are afraid of looking stupid. <laughs> yes. Stupid people already don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, stupid people are kind of like, why are you even thinking about it? Ugh. You know, or like, and then I like, are like Moscato. 
even now on this podcast, I was kind of like, well, people listening probably already know what that means, so I won't ask. <laughs> <laughs> a Moscato? What is a Moscato? Is that the question? Huh? No, I've I've had Moscato before. I know that. Yeah, but like every once in a while, you'd pull out a term, and I'd be like, I don't know what that is. But I'm I'm it, I but can kind of. If you don't know what that guess. term is, then ask me because you know. I need to do that. Yeah, I don't do. Be but I tend to, ask to be that questions. person when the sommelier comes by. It's like you just said a bunch of words at me, and okay, I'll try. Just tell me your suggestion. Great. Bye. Please leave because I feel awkward and stupid. Well, next time he comes by and says, you know, say, this is what I like, this is what I like, this is what I like, what would I like like this, and when he throws big words at you, ask him what they mean. Okay. <coughs> Don't be do afraid, that. because the only way you're going to learn more is to ask. My father, it's my the only father way has I learned. the funniest story. My father has the funniest story of, like, he went, he took my mama on a date, like, one of their first dates. He took her out, and, like, he'd read in a magazine, like, whatever the big wine was of that time. And he ordered it, and I don't know what the name was. Let's just pretend it was, like, what, Pinot Grigio or something. I don't know. And, like, so he orders the food and, and the wine, and then it's like, you're going to have a steak with the Pinot Grigio? And his familiar, like, just, like, lost it. And like, <laughs> the whole restaurant was silent. That like, is just got silent because of it. Oh. <laughs> and he was like, oh, my gosh, I just, from then on, just asked the sommelier what they thought was good and just went with it. <laughs> it's not worth it to try and impress. <laughs> that is hilarious and beautiful. Because mm. I, I admit I have done that once or twice. Um, mm -hmm. Never in the tasting room because, you know, I, I don't like doing outbursts in the tasting room, but like... Yeah. Sometimes, like, I, I, whenever I'm at the store and I see someone looking very confused... I'll be like, uh -huh. okay, you're very confused in the wine section. How can I help you? Oh, I don't think you can help me. Oh, trust me, I, I can. It's like, well, I was thinking of, you know, the, my favorite example is, well, I was going to get the Sato Shane Michelle Riesling for tonight's steak party. I'm just like, what? <laughs> well, yeah, I re Riesling goes with steak, right? No. No, 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 At least you didn't embarrass that guy in front of, like, a whole restaurant. Yeah, it's like, okay. If you're going, Riesling is fine for either hors d'oeuvres or dessert. Mm -hmm. So it's a four dollar mm -hmm. bottle. Okay, so this is your starter or finisher. Now for the meal, mm -hmm. I would recommend either this, 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 or this. And this is why. This is why. This is why. This is why. And this is where it comes from. This is why this fares well. It's like, oh, oh, oh thank you. So I ended up very happy. And would you like? I mean, I'm not that fancy of a person, so I haven't been to like super fancy restaurants. Would they bring out a different wine for each course? Some do. Some ask if you want to order a different wine for each course. Uh, wow. Some provide oh. that option. Imagine uh, being fancy and rich. Wouldn't that be cool? Oh, it would be amazing. <laughs> but also, you can sometimes, if you're lucky, and I mean, not so much out there because there are, there's only a couple wineries in Illinois. Um, mm hmm but some of them actually have, like, winemaker dinners, and they'll pair, like, <coughs> five of the different wines that they've made with five different courses of a meal. And mm -hmm. some other places do that as a just a general meal thing. And it's worth mm -hmm. doing at least once and saving up the money to do because it's very interesting. You learn a lot about different food pairings and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes the sommelier or the winemaker will talk with the chef and be like, the sommelier will do a lecture on the wine, or the winemaker will do a lecture on the wine. This is the case with the last one mm -hmm. that I went to. Cool. And then <laughs> the shuffle lecture, and like, okay, so this is these wines' flavor profiles, and this was the challenge with making a dish paired with it, and this is what I chose. <coughs> and it was really quite interesting. Um, mm -hmm. And it's something I highly recommend doing at least once. So if you ever get an option that. to do that, do it. And it doesn't necessarily, it's not always something that's going to break the bank. There's a restaurant here, for example, that in Jerome that does it once a month, uh -huh. and it's like 50 bucks. Oh, okay. So if you find a place that does it on the cheaper end, you, you can do that. Well, my problem is also now being vegan. It's like, where are they going to do it and have vegan options? That's, and my hamster's looking at me, and it's distracting. What are you looking at? No, she went back to grooming. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that would be difficult, or, or more difficult, because again, vegan wine pairing is not really caught on yet. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, I admit it, I do it in the chase room. My first default option is to pair with meat and fish until someone says, you know, I'm a vegan or mm-hmm. I'm vegetarian. Stop that. Or, you know, say, well, that doesn't work. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian. That. Normally it's like, well, that won't work for me. I'm vegetarian. They're actually usually mm-hmm. polite about me. It's not like on Tumblr where it's like spot the vegan in five seconds. <laughs> um, which actually reminds me of a very bad joke I came up with. Um, um, what's the most obnoxious person in the world? A vegan crossfitter. A vegan crossfitting <laughs> atheist. Yes. <laughs> they just don't know what to talk about first. <laughs> it's all of them at once. And, and so, because they're all very vocal groups that often will tell you right off the bat that what they I've are. Got a, I've got a really great stand-up joke that I like that I do that's like... um. I say, like, I'm a vegan, but I'm not one of those vegans who's, like, always has to tell you that she's vegan. I'm like, I can be interested in other people and what you're doing. Like, I have an attention span. So, and then I'll, t- I'll do some crowd work and I'll be like, hey, you, hey, what do you do with your life? What's interesting in your life? That's cool. That's cool. So, I'm a vegan. We <laughs> <laughs> usually lose it at that point. <laughs> or, it's a lot of fun. Feel free to use the vegan crossfitting atheist joke, by the way, just, you know, with credit. Um, mm-hmm. The other fun joke that I came up with one day while it was slow in the That's everywhere, room. though. You know, people are like, oh, my God, vegan crossfit. What do I talk about first? Mind explode. I've seen memes about it. <laughs> um, but my other favorite joke that I came up with um, mm-hmm. in the taste room one day while it was slow was, um, why are hipster rebellions so hard to put down? Why? Because they always go underground. To... <laughs> Groaning. <Ooh. Yep. laughs> you got a reaction. That's yep, good. that's how I roll. How does the wine pair with the uh, chips, by the way? It's not the best pairing. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay, but I like the chips. And I like the wine separate of each other, so it works out together, you know what I mean? Yay! <laughs> well, anyway, gang, uh, we should probably close out. Uh, oh, no. One, out the tab? One, one last thing, because we talked about this earlier. Um, since you want to do the personification of this wine as an aquatic life form, which aquatic life form would this Barbera be, and why? Hold on. Hold on. Because... I'm at the edge of my seat. Because we were on a pirate ship earlier... Okay. But I still think that this is a lady. Okay. And I said aquatic. It is the mermaid on the front of a pirate ship. Ooh, I like. Mm-hmm. There you go. I can figure totally it out, that. didn't we? Didn't we? I'm tapping at my hamster for those of you listening. <laughs> didn't we? <laughs> Sorry, I forgot to breathe there for a moment. (laughs) I was drowning in wine. It's Uh, hard to remember to breathe all the time, you know? It's like really. How do people do it? How do people do it? It's dumb. (laughs) But anyway, gang, until next time, this has been Cody with special guest Vicki Eisenstein from the Eisenstein Effect. Yeah! Follow her and these places, and she will tell you where. Yeah, okay, so first off, head over to my YouTube. Just type into YouTube, Vicki Eisenstein, E-I-S-E-N-S-T-E-I-N, and then you'll find my channel. I mean, I'm the only one posting hundreds of videos with Vicki Eisenstein in them. Um, and then also, you know, check out my website, www.vickieisenstein.com. Check me out on Twitter, Vicki Ironstone, because guess what? Eisenstein translated into English is Ironstone. Um, also, yeah. I'm on Periscope, Vicki Eisenstein. I'm on the Facebook, the.vicki, if you put that in the bar. I'm everywhere, so just look for me. Excellent. And you guys know yeah. where to find me. Um, she's also on Patreon, too, like I am, so um, help us both, so that way we can eat and do more fun things, like more wine yeah, podcasts. Yeah, dollar to Cody, dollar to Vicky, and everybody's a lot more happy. <laughs> At least, at the very least, we will be, because we will have more wine. I guess we must mm-hmm. do this again, because this is way too much fun. Yay! 
Yes. Yay. I agree. Let's do it again. Cheers. Boing. <laughs> All righty, gang. Until next time, this has been Cody and Vicky. We hope you, uh, this will, of course, air much, much later than Christmas. Mm. Um, so, in this case, probably happy spring holidays. Um, or happy possibly, spring. possibly, um, we'll get this posted before old calendar Christmas. Um, or uh, Theophany for the three listeners of this who are Orthodox. <laughs> They're yeah. special listeners, though. So. Yes, they are. But until next time, gang. Cody and Vicky, signing off. I'm sorry if my chip chewing was loud. 